Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd to the Third, Episode 4, your stop for video games, movies, and everything nerdy. Today, we're bringing you the power of three with your hosts, Nick, Nate, and the ever-rotating third chair. Well, the I- disembodied ghost of hope. County. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Nate, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I am um, recuperating from a move and getting everything life situation situated. And so now explain to the people of Colorado because they were super excited for you to move there. Explain what happened because you didn't end up moving. there. Correct. I just moved about I moved to a larger city about an hour and a half away from where I was. Um, main reason being that there was misunderstanding with um, the apartment complex we were looking at, and they needed proof of employment before we moved, which if anyone has ever tried to find a job out of state, it's not very right. easy. So yeah. that combined with the fact of we having a very difficult find time finding jobs through numerous services, we're like, well, let's kind of take that as a sign. Let's let's try something else. So. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Colorado. I know we got your hopes up. I know you were just waiting to meet your best pal, Nate. But Embrace me you know, hey, arms. Boise, Idaho isn't that far away. Just come see me. So, any horses? Let's get some grinding out of the way. Twitter is still TX3 Productions, and we still need 50 followers. I just want a, a little 50 followers. We got, we got about 30-some listeners. You know, and of course we don't know for sure because iTunes, they, they're really weird about their numbers. But I'd really like to get up to 50. Um, if you can, you know, you don't have to support us on Patreon, although you can. Patreon.com slash ThreadX3 Productions. Um, but the freest and most easiest way is just listen to us. Give us a rating on iTunes and share it. You know, you see us on Twitter. You can share it or you can share it on Facebook. Just, you know, copy the link, put it into Facebook and share it there as well. And we would be very much appreciative of all your support, whether it be money or just getting the word out there and letting people know that we exist. And we're just a couple of guys who are up to no good. Start making trouble in the neighborhood. And what a little fun. My mom got scared. Did you move me? We are and Uncle Lambella. Um, also make sure to give us a five star rating on iTunes if that's what you're using because that gets mm-hmm. us up in the charts and lets us know that you guys really are enjoying the content we're trying to give you right I mean even if you don't like us just don't be that like one dick that gives us one star it's like out of out of 16 I want to say it's like we got one one star and it's like ah c- come on <laughs> yeah it, it's one of those things it's like if if you really have a criticism with it like joking aside try not to give a one star really to anybody because especially if it's a small creator like small small time creator like we are it it Mm -hmm. does hurt our growing when it comes to things like itunes so if you have a genuine criticism try to give us like a like a three star you know and just kind of give you complaints in the review but that's a little bit of a sidebar yeah another sidebar is i hate 
I hate my YouTube sometimes because every once in a while, um, I don't get that many views to begin with. So go to threadx3productions.com. We're starting a new series called Thinking About Things. And this is where we just, you know, put out random stuff. But back in the day, this is maybe years ago. So not lately. So I'm crossing my fingers at this point. But I used to always get like, let's say 10 views. I'd get 10 views and three or four dislikes every video I put out, you know, and it was, it was really frustrating. Cause it was like, it was like, why are you watching my videos? <laughs> it's like, some people just don't want to like watch the it, world burn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you don't, if you don't like my content, that's totally cool. It's not for you. It's like, you know, let be bygones be bygones. But it was like, it was always three or four dislikes on like everything. And I'm like, why, you know? That just really pushes my buttons. So you know what really pushes my buttons? All right, so this came out this week. PUBG and Rocket League are coming up with their basic copy of the Battle Pass. So first off, do you play either one of those? And what do you think about this on the surface level? Um, I don't play either of them. What I want you to do, though, is because... Um, I want you to to give us your point of view because I know mine differs from yours when it comes to this. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, let, let's just put it this way. Um, Rocket League and PUBG, I think, are, are, are both getting a lot of heat if you go to their Reddits and stuff like that. Obviously, they do have their um, supporters and everything. But from the most part, it looks like a lot of people are pushing back on this idea. And the two reasons that I think it's ridiculous and they shouldn't do it is one, both of the games you have to pay for. One is $19.99 and one is $29.99, so $20 and $30. And number two, both games use a key system. And so what this means is that you'll get a box and they quite literally lock it behind money because you have to buy a physical key. So you do $10 and that gives you like 10 keys or something, you know, so you could have a box literally just sitting there. Like your content is literally in front of you, but you can't open it because they quite literally lock it behind money. And what's so, in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> that's it. That's a nerd point. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's a little ridiculous. Now, you also have a bunch of cosmetics and stuff like that that you can get in other ways, at least in Rocket League. I want to say in PUBG, everything is randomized. That's what I've heard. So have, have you heard the same? I don't want to be talking too much out of my ass. I've heard that, and I've also heard that they're um, like – cosmetic microtransaction community it looks like it's kind of similar to counter strikes okay um, because i've heard several people say that oh i spent a hundred dollars in real money to get this scarf oh okay and, you know and people right. trading and bidding on those different items yeah pc is a weird place you know, pc dorks <laughs> um <laughs> but so yeah so my point is PUBG. not only do they give you boxes and then make you physically unlock them to get anything um, and people are already pissed off about that. People already didn't like that because they bought the freaking game. Everything that is in the game should be, 
they should be able to get. And so there's that whole argument and, you know, you can equate it to, you know, Overwatch where they do loot boxes, but they do it cosmetics. But the big difference is, is that you get a loot box and you open it. Whereas both Rocket League and PUBG, they have keys. And so that's one of the things that really pushes my buttons is the fact that not only do you have to buy these games, but you have to unlock boxes. Rocket League, okay. Rocket League gets a slight advantage in the fact that they've been out for a really long time and so they're not getting in as many people as they did before so in a business you need to figure out ways to keep your your fan base happy but also you need to figure out a way to keep the servers on so rocket league gets a slight pass i'm still pissed off and i still think that maybe they should try to come up with another excuse but they get slightly better excuse. PUBG, especially if you've played it on the Xbox One and that's the only place you've played it, you've paid the money and it's only been since December. So like seven months, six months, you know? And now all of a sudden they're wanting more out of you. More than they've already been trying to get out of you. You know? And it's like... (sighs) rightfully so everybody's pissed off about it you know and of course there's gonna be some apologists out there it's like well if you don't like it then don't buy it but it shouldn't exist in the first place it shouldn't be there in the first place and i think the fact that PUBG, the people suing fortnite for copying them is now putting out an event pass quote unquote and like the the i not not the irony but the hypocrisy is just palpable yeah that was that was my initial reactions with with that like i think it was andrea renee on um kind of funny games daily had said um okay so are fortnite gonna sue PUBG now <laughs> right yeah <laughs> when they came out with this um my point of view is different like i totally agree with what you're saying but the way that the information was laid out to me the way i kind of took it is not necessarily on a money-making side but on a this this model works for fortnite it works really well let's because they're free sorry yes (laughs) but i see it more as a hey let's do this to keep our player base going to offer different things now because i don't know the key system in either of the games i can't really speak on that but when i heard the news about it i was like Okay, that's interesting. They're trying to keep their player base alive because because PUBG in particular is like just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Fortnite is just constantly, constantly overwhelming. And the fact that uh, Fortnite came to Switch just only a week ago, I mean, that's an even bigger stab. And you combine that with the recent video that Xbox put out with them. Uh, I think it was for Minecraft with Xbox and Minecraft. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, Xbox and Nintendo, Nintendo coming yeah. together to do Minecraft. It kind of shows that Xbox not really paying attention a, a whole lot to PUBG. Like right now, they're focusing on this cross-platform play. Yeah, and I mean, like, I the little bit of defense, you know, like I don't want people to be like, oh, well, he just likes Fortnite, and that's why he's making these assumptions. It's like, you know, I 
I only have access to Fortnite and H1Z1. And in all honesty, I kind of like H1Z1 better. So I'm wondering, like, if I do finally get to access uh, PUBG, I might like that more than H1Z1. So it's not Mm. about what game is better, what game is more competitive, what game is has a higher fidelity, what game has better gameplay. The fact of the matter is this is a game that literally locks something, makes you buy a key, and makes you pay for it up front in the first place. And so the fact that Fortnite, it is a free game, it does have a battle pass, it does have, in my personal opinion, super expensive skins. Like, you can spend $15 on a single skin, and that, to me, is a little ridiculous. But to counteract that, they're like, hey, what about just a $10 thing, and you get a crap ton of skins, and you get enough V-Bucks to buy the next season pass, you know? Uh-huh. the It's just, it seems, it seems so money-grubby. Because they're just like, oh, here's a trend. Let's jump on it. It'd be like, I don't know, if Call of Duty came out with a like a battle royale or something. <laughs> You're going to just try to dig that knife deeper and deeper. Yeah. No, yeah. see, see, we'll see. To kind of just give it like a non sequitur, the battle royale is not what I'm worried about anymore. It's the right. stupid Call of Duty pass situation, the Black Ops pass. Mm-hmm. It's... That's going to be, and that is the hot button issue right now. Everybody is talking about the Black Ops Pass and how stuff like like what they're showing really can't exist in this market anymore. Like season passes, it lived on through that. Like it was cool in that right. time. Like everyone dealt with it. But now that you have these things like the Fortnite Pass, for example, where it's like, hey, it's ten bucks and you get all the stuff, and it's a concurrent thing. Yeah. And especially in the model of multiplayer games with free maps. Mm-hmm. So for you to block these maps behind a another season pass in 2018, a lot of people are like, that's not really good. Right. And I think the fact that they are trying to rebrand it, you know, it's like the YMCA is now the Y. They rebranded. Why did they rebrand? So that people would know that they rebranded. That's like literally the only reason they did it. And so now yeah. here, here you have this. It used to be called a season pass. Now all of a sudden it's just the Black Ops pass. It's like they're they're clearly trying to rebrand it to like make it seem like it's something different. And it's like it is, but so far in all the wrong ways. You know, yeah. and it's like on the one now hand, they, on the one hand, it's like okay, you want you want to buy the season pass, but yet people are complaining about oh well, I can't buy each individual map pack. I don't understand that particular argument, other than yeah, maybe you just don't have the money, you don't have the upfront fifty, but maybe you have the fourteen ninety nine. So I can get that part of it, but uh, I don't know. It's just well, the problem with the Black Ops passes. Sorry, go ahead. You, the problem with the Black Ops Pass that everyone's pissed about is that you can't do that anymore. You yeah. cannot buy the individual map packs anymore. It's only the Black Ops Pass. Yeah. Now, and to counteract that, the they are doing what they did. of it as well. Yeah. Now, to counteract that, that's something I do like about it is they're doing the Modern Warfare 3 route that they did. Whenever they were introducing Call of Duty Elite, they had a, a drop every month. So you had 12 drops for the year. Where instead of having a like a quarterly 
quarterly map pack where it's like right. four maps and stuff like that. So I do like the fact that every month they're dropping something because that was really cool in MW3. It gave you something to look forward to that next month. Right. But it gave you an excuse to for, keep playing. It doesn't make up for the other end of, oh, I can't buy the individual map packs anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I, everybody's looking at it so negative, but it's like, I, I do believe they were trying to head in the right direction it's just with with EA overcorrecting and just going straight up free, you know. It makes Activision look it bad. It makes them look really bad. In my yeah. opinion, um, the Black Ops Pass is better than a normal season pass other than the fact that you can't, you know, buy it individually or whatever. Correct. Correct. But in my opinion, yeah, having it come out throughout the year rather than chunk, chunk, chunk because – then you had like two week spurts of people playing the game and then never playing it again. And then two weeks is playing. Whereas now if they time it correctly, there's 16 because there's also four, you know, zombie maps. There's 16 all together. If they time it right, they could do it like every two and a half weeks or something. And they'd have something every two and a half weeks, which, which would give people something to do constantly they do that on top of like weekly challenges and stuff that they've been doing for a while now and like it could it could be really nice but unfortunately you know it's like they went up after battlefield being like yeah we're gonna be free (laughs) so it's like you know and i mean i don't know it's just it's weird because like i said it's an overcorrection their ea is not doing it because they think that that's what the players want they're doing it because they they know they have to not to say that it's not a good thing cuz it is it's like oh well great thank you but they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart there's going to be some money grubbing ass going on when we're talking about um like cosmetics and stuff like they're they're yeah. already showing like you having face paint and it's like well how much is that face paint gonna really cost how much grinding and or you know coins or something is it gonna cost you know like we're gonna get the cost back somewhere you know we're gonna have luke uh behind a fifty thousand coin you know like they did in black ops so i mean not black ops a uh, battle battlefront, battlefront. You know, and it's stuff like that that I think is going to happen. But we're getting a little off course. Kaboom. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much it. You got all these battle passes and all these people like it's just I don't know. And my and my personal opinion, it's just it's just when you when you're already paying for a game, like just give us the full game. Give us a God of War. Give us a full experience. And then like <laughs> E3, they're like, oh, yeah, new game plus. We're working on it. I'm like, what the f-? Yeah. <laughs> like, but my point being is that give us a full freaking game. I mean. We live in a very complicated time in gaming right now. Yeah. Activision and funnily enough, Activision, because of this, is now somehow more evil than EA. Like. I don't think there could have been that. If you would have told me like last year that Activision was going to come out and be more evil than EA, I'd be like, yeah, right. What are they going to do? Kill babies? (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a whole hullabaloo. Speaking about a hullabaloo, it came from the interweb. So, 
I saw this on the interweb, and it was like the perfect example of what I wanted it came from the interweb to be. I wanted an outrageous story that could literally only happen in today's stupid society. And this, my friends, this is it. This is the coup de la gras. This is the this is what all it came from the interwebs are going to be compared to. So we got remake the last Jedi. Our team of producers is offering to cover the budget for a remake of the last Jedi in order to save Star Wars. Share this and spread the word and let at Robert Lurger and Robert Iger. Oh, okay. And at Disney, no, you want this! Exclamation point! This isn't a joke. We're ready to have the convo now. Hashtag remake the last Jag, Jedi. Hashtag Star Wars. And uh, an emoji. Okay, so. Um, thoughts? Uh, I mean, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I texted you my thoughts the other day about this cause you, you had brought it up and I think what I wrote was, was really, really poignant, um, in the fact that stuff like this is what's really kind of getting under my skin when it comes to the whole star Wars, like fan base nowadays and the conversation of toxic star Wars fandom and things like that, where everyone is absolutely entitled to their opinion. Everybody's absolutely entitled to however they think about whichever movie they want. Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi factually is a very divisive movie. It really is. And it's one of those that it's not divisive because of something directly that the filmmakers did. It's because the Star Wars fans wanted something and then they got something else and they weren't happy about it. Because trust me, I was in the same boat. When I got out of the theater watching The Last Jedi, I was in the exact same boat. It was not what I was expecting. But after sitting on it, after watching it again... It, it kind of sat in a little bit more and I took it as what it was. Mm-hmm. But the problem I have is that apparently that's not good enough for people anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's been what? It's uh, June, almost July. It's been just about six months, if not over six months. And we're still having this conversation about The Last Jedi, about The Last Jedi should not be canon. The Last Jedi shouldn't should be remade. It's but It is a movie. Yeah. It is. And, and see, that's kind of t- contradictory contradictory of me to say because, like, I hold Star Wars in a very high regard. Star Wars, to me, is, is like, a pillar of who I am as a person because I grew up on it. It's something that I have, I'm very knowledgeable about because it's something I actually want to sit there and study. Definitely, so definitely. I'm definitely a Star Wars nerd when it comes to this. But for people to be so mad about this movie that they just want to completely write it off and say it didn't happen <laughs> and want to have the money to remake their own version. It's just like, kind of get over yourself. Yep. Like <laughs> go die in a Sarlacc pet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you scruffy looking nerf herders. <laughs> <laughs> cause there's, cause there's, there's a difference, you know, a lot of people that I know, express their thoughts and reactions to Disney in a very civil way saying, Hey, I understand where you're going. This isn't exactly what I wanted, but then you have people who are doing this like this. I, I don't consider this toxic, but this is just like kind of on Disney. And it's like, it's not Disney or Ryan Johnson's fault. Mm -hmm. They had an idea of where they wanted star Wars to go for the future, for like generations to come. And I think, 
at that point for what it is, it's totally fine. It sets a really good starting point for a new generation of Star Wars fans. Right. Just because you didn't like it and you say it ruined your childhood, which is a bullshit response. Like it's no, yeah. that's just, that's not cool. Well, I mean, I, I am on uh, a different side of it, but we're still coming at it. We're still ending up at the same place because you liked it. And I liked it at first. I, I actually, I kind of had the exact opposite reaction to you. So I watched it. And by the time I watched it, it came out to Redbox. We rented it at Redbox, and so we watched it in the comfort of our own home. Um, and, like, I watched it, and I think what happened is I was expecting to not like it because of everything I've heard about it. And I've, I've been trying to avoid it so much, but it's like I knew how divisive it was. I knew how much people hated it. So watching it, after I got done, I was like, actually, that wasn't that bad. What were people complaining about? Like, this is fine. It's a, it's a good movie. It wasn't like, it didn't blow my socks off, but it was good. But then I started thinking on it and I was picking it apart and, and I was like, uh, I, I don't like it. I'm, I'm the same way you, I grew up on Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I'm seeing the original trilogy. I honestly don't know how many times. But it is it is something that was really divisive in my in my own soul because it was like I like Star Wars and it's not like I'm one of these haters out there or one of the it's 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 weird because of the, the people who hate it are uber fans, but the people who like it are also uber fans. It's such a weird divide. One of the most uh true things i've heard uh you know whether it be for or against one of the things that i think sticks out is the fact that they should have had a plan all along because jj abrams set up something and somebody else didn't follow through properly i think i mean they followed through and it changed star wars forever now and you know some people are okay with that and you know that's fine you know, it, let, let me wrap it up because I don't want to go too far into the rabbit hole because this isn't about liking or disliking Star Wars. It's about some idiot online thinking that he can remake Star Wars. And so let me be the first to say that I hated it in many ways. I think that it was very pretty and it was a good story in some parts, but there were certain things that definitely ruined it for me. It ruined it for some people. And some people like you, Nate, were able to look past certain things or you were just there to have fun. And that's great. But as much as I hated it, as much as I disliked it and just, I could pick it apart every day, all day and, and tell you everything wrong about it. I don't think that I would ever think to myself well let's just remake it you know all those people who worked really hard on it carrie fisher who is no longer with us but hey screw her i guess let's just remake this you know whether or not you like it it was carrie fisher's you know last movie so yeah. you can you cannot like it but have some respect you know you're basically saying well 
we don't like it we don't care what story there is behind it we're just gonna we're gonna go on and do our own thing but i think the most ridiculous part about this entire situation is the fact that somebody out there actually thinks that they can do it yeah you know somebody actually thinks even this is the thing i feel like even if they were able to get millions of dollars to to actually pay for the production you'd still have to you'd still have to convince disney and to convince disney they that means they'd have to admit that they've done something wrong and i don't think disney would ever admit to doing something wrong unless it really literally was they made a a movie about hitler where hitler was the the good guy <laughs> Right. There'd be no other reason for them to admit doing wrong. You know, it's like, okay, you don't like it. So who the hell cares? Like, this is our vision and this is where we're going for in the future. I can hope for a really good um, episode nine. And I really am, you know. Um, but to just be like, you know, uh, oh, let's get John Boyega to come back and do do different lines. You know, let's get, <laughs> let's get... um. Oh jeez, what's her name? Which one? Uh, uh, Ray. Ray or Rose? Ray and Ray and uh, Rose. I mean, either one. Uh, Daisy Ridley is Ray. Daisy and Ridley, yeah. Kelly Marie Trans okay. is Rose. Yeah, so let's let's get them back. You know, let's CGI Carrie Fisher. Like, how are they gonna figure that? Let's get, you know, Jurassic Park lady. Let's get her back and. Put her back in purple hair and and have her do, but now she's going to explain the plan, I guess, and you know that will fix the entire movie. It totally won't make it a movie at all. Yeah, so it's it's just it's just a cluster, and it's really one of those. It's it's really a wasted effort. Like I'm glad you have your passion, and your passion you feel like is to do this, but it's like like first, I think some people. Just think that oh Disney just made it oh just just needed to make a Star Wars movie blah, blah, blah. no matter what Star Wars movies being made there are Star Wars lore caretakers there are Star Wars caretakers that are make sure that you know you have like Pablo Hidalgo who's a big one and you have Star Wars historians and people who make sure that all of these things line up and all of these things work together and are right so there's care that goes into these movies whether you think that there are or not so it like i have to agree with you uh it's really disrespectful for you to want to take on this undertaking like with you and other people because you're basically just saying screw you to everyone who worked on it we're going to make a better one and that's not cool like just don't be a terrible person (laughs) yeah i mean there's tons of people who worked on it It wasn't just you know the director ryan johnson which i have to say ryan johnson's response to this was my absolute favorite did you see it? No, I did not. He retweeted the post and was like, oh, please, 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 please. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It was that 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 made me laugh out of that situation. Yeah. I mean, I and it's just, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this other than, you know, we can we can get moving on. But it's just it's 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 such a weird discourse that we have. You know, it's so weird, like not only for me to not like Star Wars, but like people in general to not like Star Wars. You know, it's like with the prequels, it was kind of 
it was kind of a given that everybody didn't like him. Okay, yeah, whatever. But now it's like, now it's like hip, I guess, to not like Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And I mean, very much so. I, I don't know. Like, I'm okay with the equality stuff. I'm okay with the, you know, the the weird stuff that they're adding. You know, they're trying to add more to the story. I do, in all honesty, wish they would keep today's politics out of it and instead not be so ham-fisted about it. But, like, there's there's different ways. There's different ways of doing it. And I think remaking is not what you should be focusing on, but rather maybe petitioning for a better episode nine. Like, I mean, I don't know even if that's the right answer. This is going to be really my last point on it. Um, But in regards to the whole, the keeping the politics out, I've heard that several times and it's not that I think it's a wrong statement, but also got to keep in mind, it fits these current Star Wars movies and what they're trying to say socially fits into Star Wars because you look back at the original trilogy, who is the Empire and who are the Stormtroopers? They're the Nazis. They are clear as cut, clear as day, Nazi Germany. They are Hitler and the Nazis. I mean, the Stormtroopers are named after the Nazi Stormtroopers. You know, and um, most if not all of their weapons, uh, the, the Empire's weapons are modified World War II weapons. I right. think most of them are German. Um, so it's it, it, it politics have politics and social issues have always been in Star Wars since the beginning of the series. So for them to be in it now, there's no difference except for the fact that people are more aware of it because we live in an age of social media where everybody's constantly talking about it. Right. So that yeah, that's my last point on it. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys let us know. Should it be remade? <laughs> or should we just move on? And, um, hey, if you don't like it, don't buy the next ticket. I'm not going to. At least on day one. You know, I'll wait for the reviews to come in. I'll, you know, I'm not going to buy it personally on, on day one. You know, and that's that's my form of protest. You know, I'm not going to give them their week one of sales. You know, and I mean, I people have talked with their wallets as far as Han Solo is is, is concerned, and they are going to be somewhat having to change stuff. But remaking definitely, definitely not the answer. So let's head on to the weekly grind. All right. So, now that we took a nice shot of depression, let's try to jack it up a little bit and talk about more happier stuff. So, what have you been doing? Uh, well, I have been doing a whole lot of, um, in my off times, because I've had a lot of off time for some reason, um, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite on Switch, in particular. Ooh! Um, and... That's honestly the most that I have played Fortnite is on my Switch. I actually just got my first victory royale the other day. Woohoo! Um, but it's it's I think it has a lot to do with the portability, um, and just it. It's kind of one of those things when I sit down on my PlayStation. There's other games I want to play besides Fortnite. But okay, okay. Right now for my Switch, the Fortnite is kind of my dedicated 
app because I can just pick it up whenever, play a couple matches, put it down. Um, so that's that's why I personally like it the most on Switch so far. Yeah. Um, Plus, maybe not as the, many people are good at it, so you still feel like you can do stuff. Yeah, that does have part, partially to do with it. There's not so much hardcore building going on yet. Yeah. But that'll probably change. Other than that, I've just been playing a lot of Titanfall 2. Woo-hoo. A lot of Titanfall 2. Like, I... For some reason, I'm very good at Titanfall 2, better than any other shooter. I have no idea why. Yeah, I've had, I've had that same thing happen to me. Like, I like it's just the controls. That's the smoothness of everything. I can just hop in after not playing for weeks, and I still feel like I know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. The the also the just the locomotion in the game is just yeah superb everything about it's just refined and it's just it's just a fantastic shooter it's probably one of my favorites mm-hmm. like as of right now because it's the one i keep going back to yeah yeah what about you well a couple things first off jurassic world 2 oh yeah i did Watch do that, that as well yeah good yeah. <laughs> what what were your thoughts on it well, so going into it, like there was a lot of negativity around it and a lot of bad reviews. And yeah, luckily I was able to skip that before going in, but go on. We'll see. Yeah. Well, well, either way, even though I saw that, I'm like, it's a Jurassic Park movie. I'm not going to be sitting there trying to watch it critically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Jurassic Park movies, except for maybe the first, because the first one critically is really fantastic. Um, but even still... Like it's a dinos it's a summer movie about dinosaurs. It's a popcorn flick. Yeah. Go and enjoy a popcorn flick. And that's exactly what it was to me. Like there are <laughs> I actually made the mistake of posting on a Facebook group. Yeah. Hey, what's everyone's issue with Jurassic Park two? And boy did I <laughs> Seriously, get guys, like what's your issue? <laughs> but I will tell you one thing. This is gonna be my rant. <clears throat> <clears throat> These movies make me so mad these dra- both of these Jurassic World movies make me so angry why in every single movie are we making a new more dangerous fucking dinosaur <laughs> we are such a stupid species we don't even deserve to live Jesus Christ I'm sitting here watching this go on and I'm sitting in the theater going this is literally pissing me off mm-hmm. I'm like why are we so fucking stupid I just don't understand yeah, it and it's weird because like that was like the central hook of the entire movie. Like, yeah, I guess it was the first. I guess it was for the first one as well. But after a certain point, it really just became more of like a disaster movie where you know, you know, the the just a lot of bad stuff was happening and yes the indominus rex was kind of at the center of it all but you know i don't know i just love the setting i i i in a way i like the second one better than the first but in another way i like the first better i think the first jurassic world is a better movie like yeah from plot and start to finish but i really like the fact that um jurassic world 2 focused on our downfall focused on it was it yeah, felt yeah, more okay. of like it was less about the park and more about hey let's show how evil we as a species are you know kind of thing yeah yeah um i mean 
the first one I, I personally really liked. I felt like it did a really good of recapturing the um, the wow factor, you know, because oh. that was one thing about the very first one that a lot of people liked about it is that it was the spectacle of it. So the first yeah. half of the movie being very similar, you know, obviously to a lot of people, they didn't like that. <laughs> but... Yeah. It's like that it helped recapture it, put us back into this world and made us remember why there would be a park like this. And then there was a bunch of, you know, bad stuff that happened. And in this one, I do, I did really like the repercussions of the first movie. Um, I feel like, I feel like they did it. They did a good job of letting, showing us what would have happened afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, now there's a volcano, it's like, okay, here's all these clone things that we just got in trouble for because they just, you know, they just created a huge, you know, PR blunder, you know, but are they, are they living? Are, do they, are, do they, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Do they, no, deser- I- do they deserve to be saved from this volcano, you know? Are they technically living? Are they real or are they just property? And I like and that a, question was really interesting. And that question was asked throughout the entire movie. Um, there are scenes in this movie that I did not expect to make me cry or well up, and they very well did. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about in particular when the ship's going away. Oh yeah, right. My wife actually cried. Like she was like, she was like, that is so sad. But it, it's it really is interesting that that point of view that they try to make throughout the movie is for you as a person to what like what's your point of view is what they're trying to ask. Basically, like, do yeah. You think these these beings should should live or you know should we let them die? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, something I think is kind of interesting that I thought about last night right before I went to bed. Have you noticed that? Um, in these past two movies, they made the T Rex be the good, be the hero, of, <laughs> hero of the movie. I know, right? It's like whereas a, in the first man eating thing that yeah, the first one it was the T Rex was oh my god, that's the big bad, and now the T Rex is the hero of the movie. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they've kind of kept, and I think it is just his iconic nature, you know. Yeah, um, I do like how we got a little bit deeper. No spoilers, but we got a little bit deeper into blue. And, oh, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Owen. Owen. I, I wanted to say Oscar for some reason. I don't know why, but Oscar was coming to my head. Anyway, so Owen and Blue and their relationship, how he trained her and everything, that was, that was really interesting, and it just mm. made me feel even more connected to this thing, essentially. It was just a thing before, but getting the backstory of that I felt was like very, very important. Yeah. We also got a lot of, we also got really deep into the lore of the universe with um, some of the other characters, you know, going back to John Hammond. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. Like there's a lot that this movie does. I think really well, there are giant plot holes in this movie for sure, but I'm not watching this movie very critically. (laughs) Yeah. I will say though the ending of the movie is exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah, it is I mean exactly it is definitely uh, once again no spoiler guys. Uh, it yeah, was no, definitely gonna... like it. It made you think what's what's going to be what's, what's going to happen next. You know, yeah. obviously they want this to be a trilogy. Um, that'd be one of my complaints, and I, I don't necessarily 
you know, I, I'm not trying to be too nitpicky on this particular item, but that is maybe one of my complaints is the fact that it's like it was super heavy handed that they were trying to set up another movie. Whereas yeah. Jurassic World, even though it's like they left little breadcrumbs, it wasn't like punching me in the face that there was going to be another movie. I yeah, felt like Jurassic World was its own movie. It was self-contained. If I watched it all by itself, even without even knowing about the first three, I feel like I could watch it, I could enjoy it, and that's all I would need from it. But this one, because it's like the middle of three, it it really had to set up certain things that I, I don't mind, but I don't feel like they needed to be so heavy-handed about it. Yeah, I... Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah. It's one of those things that, to relate it back to Star Wars, that's where I'm coming from, though, is I'm just taking this movie as it is. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to look at it on a very critical level, which I feel like more and more, and maybe we can do a topic about this sometime, more and more people are starting to watch each in, each individual movie as critically as possible when some yeah. movies just aren't designed like that. Some movies are just designed for you to kick back eat some popcorn and just enjoy the movie. Yeah. We kind of talked about it a little bit when, when I watched uh ready player one, same, yeah. same subject kind of came up in the fact that, you know, yeah. Hey, just some, some movies are just good. <laughs> you know, every movie doesn't need to be great. And I feel like if I do look at it from a very mm, surface level, it is a good movie. And uh, the sequences were really nice. It is, unfortunately, if I do start looking at it with a critical eye, that glaring false fall or red flags come up, you know, just glaring, just, oh my gosh. Um, the, the one thing is this had so, no, no spoilers still. Um, this movie had so many deus ex machinas. And it's like, I understand that you need to have this big like hero moment for instance but it's like do you have to make it so obvious like sometimes not all the time but in this particular one it just it really it really took me out of the experience like the last movie the Dominus Rex ends up right in front of the water and it's like you know it's coming but when it finally happens you're just like whoa Wow, I thought it was going to happen, but I wasn't sure. And then it did happen. I'm like, you know, I'm just like speechless. But in this yeah. one, I feel like they telegraphed it way too much, way too obvious. And I don't know, like it it does take me out. It makes me, it reminds me that I'm watching a movie rather yeah. than experiencing a story. No spoilers. Are you talking about something that happens right before the end in particular? Um, it's like, okay, this character and there's a, out of, out of context, I'm yeah, talking out, about Skylar. Out, out of, out of context. Uh, I'll just set up a basic scene. This could happen in any action movie and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I describe it. A subject A is standing there as subject B is being very threatening. All of a sudden subject three comes in and saves the day. Mm -hmm. and it's like moments like that happen at, like literally that exact <laughs> that exact yeah, thing that's what i thought you a were b and about. c 
happens like two or three times towards the end and it's just like really guys like you can't think of any other way out of a situation you know this guy is supposed to be you know a hot shot hunter and survivalist and stuff like that's what we're that's what we're led to believe from him is that he's like this hot shot survivalist he can go out and build his own cabin in the woods and and survive and yet Subject A is standing in front of this menacing subject B, and that person can't think of anything to do. I Now, granted, subject D is in the bed, and he's there to save subject D, but, I mean, do something. But, oh, nope, yeah. subject C, here it comes to save the freaking day. It's like... Things like that, it just, it's so, like I said, it's just, it's so telegraphed, even more so in these ones, I feel like, than, like, the very first one. Like, a good example is the end of Jurassic Park, so the very first one. You know, they're sitting there, the velociraptors are honing down on them, and you're just like, what are the, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? The T-Rex coming out of nowhere and chomping down on that Velociraptor was a moment that I had never, ever expected. But unfortunately, since that exact moment happened so many times, here we are on movie number five. Something, tension starts to build and we almost automatically know, oh, well, this person's fine. They're part of the main cast. Yeah. and so It's not like Game of Thrones. Yeah, And I think the problem is, is that action movies action movies are the worst at this whether you're talking about fast and the furious jurassic park um uh uh, mission impossible no matter what you're talking about action movies even more so than uh horror movies in my opinion because at least in horror movies people can freaking die and it's not that you know, out of the norm. Whereas like action movies are so bad at just like, we need to build tension and it doesn't go anywhere because they're going to be fine, but we need to build tension in order to keep people interested. And it's like, it only works like the, the first couple of times before it just gets so repetitive and it just gets so cliche. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was probably one of my biggest problems with it. But that's, like I said, it's like once you start looking in a critical way. Um, but I do have to say the story implications, uh, let's put it this way. Um, I, minor spoiler, minor, minor spoiler, which if you've seen all the trailers, you kind of already know. But minor spoiler, the part on the island actually happens quite quickly. That surprised me. That surprised that. the hell out of me. I was thinking it was going to be like a Lost World where two-thirds of it happened um, on the island and then the last little bit was on a different place. But actually it was like one-third took place on the island, another third took place somewhere else, and another third took place somewhere else. And that was actually really refreshing, I have to admit. Yeah, that kind of goes into my earlier point of mm-hmm. – that I like how they focus less less on the park and more on the human characters and how they interact and how they handle the situation with the dinosaurs. Right, right. And then just uh, honestly humanizing the dinosaurs. That sounds weird, but yeah, yeah, humanizing the dinosaurs I thought was a really good thing because all of the other parks and worlds all it was was here's an animal and and it's it's property. 
you know and so this one brought up the question that like should have been brought up i i feel like a long time ago like are these things living do they have rights like a like a bear in the middle of the forest it has rights you're not just supposed to kill it unless you have a license right so right. does this have does this tr- tyrannosaurus rex does this raptor do they have rights do they have you know feelings and and stuff like that and so yeah that was that was really cool and i feel like the story implications were really well executed some of the other things there was a couple of missteps here and there but overall i feel like it was a really good movie wasn't great it wasn't um oscar worthy or even razzy worthy definitely wasn't razzy worthy but you know it, it was definitely a really good movie i think yeah, it's 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 definitely a great summer blockbuster. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those that, and there were a lot of kids at the theater I went to, which I was kind of surprised by. But um, it's just, you know, now you have a another choice if you don't want to take your kid to go see The Incredibles, which you absolutely should. <laughs> you can also take them to Jurassic World. Wait, so. now have you seen Incredibles too? No, not yet. Oh, I want to so bad. I do too. I, I do want too. to so bad. All right, so now we're gonna move on to a. A uh, nice little segment we like to call My Favorite Ever. Alright, My Favorite Ever is kind of self-explanatory. So we're going to choose a different topic each time and just talk about what's my favorite blank. So today we're going to talk about what's my favorite RPG. So, what's your favorite RPG? What's your runner-up? you have to have one so mine's gonna be a basic bitch answer (laughs) but that's simply because growing up there wasn't a whole lot of rpgs that i played Um, because you're racist against japanese people i get it (laughs) (laughs) no well i apart from kingdom hearts i have and people will fight me on that point as well Mm. apart from kingdom hearts final fantasy games were something i never even really wanted to consider or give a chance wow really yeah i just they, they just weren't the kind of games i wanted to play although I love Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, so. But anyway, um, these are the, my runner-up and my favorite are ones that I have put the most time into and the ones I've enjoyed. So my runner-up is going to be The Division. Now, The Division could be considered more of a games as a service rather than an RPG, but either way, it has RPG elements. Well, yeah, Um, I, I, I feel like that counts. There's definitely a lot of, like, background stuff going on especially once you hit the higher levels you have to really worry about like your your armor level and your your health level and stuff like that so that counts that definitely counts yeah um it's it's one of those that it's it's the division for me is kind of like junk food yeah in a sense where it's like if i have nothing else to do i'll hop in there for a little bit and get some collectibles or just do this or do that you know i like the world i like the um, the presentation that, that they're giving me. Uh, although when I first got into it, it, it wasn't the game that I exactly wanted at the time. Um, it's still something that I've sunk in a good amount of time into and that mm-hmm. I do very much enjoy. Nice. So what's your runner-up? My runner-up, I'm one of those OG bitches. Um, my runner-up is actually Final Fantasy VII. Um, it's definitely really close between Final Fantasy VII versus Final Fantasy VIII. Because I'm also like one of those people that like I, I like being different, and so it's like everybody says Final Fantasy VII, so it's like I want to say eight just to be different. Um, 
But I think it's just the characters in seven that really set it apart. I like eight, but I also kind of feel like there's like there's two central characters in eight that you give a shit about and everybody else. Like I could literally not even tell you who the other people are. So whereas like I know Cloud, I know Tifa, I know Aerith, I know Barrett, I know uh, Sid, you know, I know Vincent vincent he's such a badass you know i know all those characters and from eight as much as i love the story and i like what they did with it and the fact that it was like just really different from seven and really different from obviously any other thing they've done since um squall that's it (laughs) (laughs) I, i think the one of the bad guys is a queen or empress and so they just call her the empress but, like, does that count, really? <laughs> Remembering her name, does that really count? I don't think so. So, like, yeah, I I really like I really like that we're getting another one. And I really like, as much as this might be blasphemy, I like the fact that it's not going to be a, a turn-based system. Because I just feel like... action-oriented. Yes, it's an action-oriented thing. Um, I think there's still going to be bars to fill and before you can attack or whatever, but I just feel like that's the right system to use because back in the nineties, when I was young enough to spend so much time on a, on a single game, you know, having this, um, active battle system, I think I can't remember the exact name, but it was something like that. Um, having this turn-based basically system, um, was okay. You know, I, input my thing and then a couple seconds later they do the thing and I didn't put another thing and they I'd get you know it was fine back in the day when I had the most endless amount of time to sink into a game but nowadays yeah. like I am so 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 glad that we're getting a more action oriented you know I get to see like what you know cloud looks like when he does this big like ground pound with his sword and like you know like just particle effects going everywhere like that excites me you know because it's like the story was what kept me going it wasn't really the active battle system it was the story it was how intriguing it was it was the characters themselves that kept me going and kept me reading because another thing is i don't think i could nowadays i don't think i could read that much (laughs) Right. I honestly think as an outsider, Final Fantasy XV really was the key Mm -hmm. for for everybody at Square um, because, like, the engine that they've made and the mechanics that they've made, from my understanding, at least from what they've said, using those those mechanics and those properties that it will be easier to make Final Fantasy games going forward we'll see as long as it doesn't take 10 years i mean i think anybody will be happy if it takes like two (laughs) yeah oh it won't take two it's like it's like saying it's like saying whenever kojima and konami split they're like oh we'll see the next kojima game in two years um yourself (laughs) yeah yeah same concept uh yeah. So for me yep what's what's your number one of all time 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 Basic bitch answer, mainstream answer, Skyrim. Elder Scrolls V Skyrim is my favorite RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one that I have sunk the most time into, the one that I have played on multiple consoles multiple times. 
um, the one I have countless memories and experiences from, and um, it's just it's it's easily it's easily my favorite RPG of all time. Nice. Um, I've got so many great stories from the game. You've probably um, bought it like three or four times. <laughs> well, right now, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I I bought it on. I never bought it on PlayStation Three. Do so you have the fridge version? The, no, but I really want. The, I plan on getting an Echo sometime soon, and I'm thinking about getting the Skyrim very special edition. <laughs> um, but I okay. Now hold on, Switch. hold on. Is that a real thing? That's a real thing. It's That's a real. Wow, real. I thought they just got. I just thought they got Peel in there to like joke around or whatever. That's a real no, fucking no, thing. Yeah. You base it's basically um you're basically playing like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Wow. Like that's an absolute real thing. Okay. It's pretty cool. That's it's that's fucking cool. awesome, honestly. Yeah. Um I actually do have it on Switch though, and even though I mainly played it on Xbox three sixty and that's where I have the best experience in, I think Skyrim fits perfectly on the Switch. Yeah, because it's a nice meaty RPG you can take anywhere you go. Yeah, and because it's so old, it looks good on the Switch. <laughs> God, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, you go back and look at Skyrim on the 360, and it does not look pretty. Uh, yeah, it was never a graphically. The thing about that and Fallout and everything, the thing about those is that they were never the best looking games. They looked very. Sorry. They were very basic. Uh, they got by. But what really, I think, what always impressed me, whether it be Fallout or Skyrim, what always impressed me and what always took my breath away is the detail. The absolute mm. sheer amount of detail they put into everything. Everything is an actual object that, you know, it, it takes up space in the world, you know, and like, especially like Skyrim, for instance, when the loading screen, you can have it, you know, twist around and you can look at it, you can zoom in, zoom out, you know, putting that amount of care and detail into it was what's really cool. Did it look the great, even when it very first came out, did it look as like the most, you know, up to date thing? No, I think Crisis three or something right around the same time looked like way freaking better if we're talking it was about like, like it was like yeah yeah it was like different generations and consoles different like yeah it looked yeah really good yeah i mean like as far as graphic fidelity like yeah crisis looked way better crisis was always like the pinnacle of like if you want a game to look good you need to make yourself look like crisis and Skyrim, like in comparison, was like a PlayStation Two game. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking yeah, about just like so. comparing them, so, but it was never about that. It was about like looking at an axe and like seeing the detail, like of the steel and like there's scratches on that and the way the wood looks and there's like cracks in the wood and that attention to detail was, is what made it feel more alive, more lived in than something like crisis. That's so photorealistic because even right. though it's photorealistic, it still, you know, has that air of disbelief. You know, but you look, yeah, you look at Skyrim and just the detail to ev like you can pick up a freaking butterfly for God's sake. Like it might not be the best looking butter, but like that's that amount of detail is just unmatched. And yeah, so. And it's also it also gave you and this shows how in a vacuum it was. Um, it also in certain instances gave you 
really good experiences to have. So like um, on the 360, uh, short I think it was a year after it came out, it came out with a new version that had Connect compatibility. Oh yeah, really? And hmm. I, yep, I I had uh, for whatever reason we had bought a Connect like one of the original ones, and um, it was cool because you could actually yell the dragon shouts. <laughs> So there, a great story I have is um, there was also a lot of really good things you could do. Like, for example, um, my kind of go-to outfit would be the Archmage's robes mm-hmm. um, and then like a Dragon Priest mask. But if I went into battle like with a dragon, I would say equip shield and I would have it programmed to where it would put on a suit of armor. What? Uh, yeah. So it was it was really cool stuff like that, but you could also say quick save, and that kind of gave you a little hotkey as well. Nice. So all that together, I was in White Run, and I was staring at a guard, and uh, <laughs> my asshole friends go unrelenting force, and I fustro dod the guy, and then they said quick save. So I had to load up a completely different save. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick <laughs> so because that was the thing you could say the the, oh, the yeah. english shouts you could say them in english but if you press like i think it was the right bumper you could say it in the you could say like fusro da instead of unrelenting force nice. so they were just like unrelenting force quick save <laughs> i was like god man but it was just stuff like that that was super cool that allowed you to play it completely differently yeah nice all right, so I'm going to go OG on your ass again. It's good. Yeah, that's what makes this show so great. We got me, who's just an old fart, and you know, we got our millennial talking about Division being a f***ing RPG. <laughs> Shut up. It's like, you said it, counted. <laughs> yeah. All right, so my favorite RPG of all time is actually Chrono Cross. Um, this was, I think, one of the first rpgs i've actually ever finished um like like to this day like i'll i'll straight up admit it to this day I, i've never just finished final fantasy 7 i watched my brother finish it <laughs> giggity um <laughs> <laughs> i have watched my brother finish it and I, I think the same thing about eight i got really super far in it but then i just ended up watching my brother finish it so but yeah, I've never actually finished it. Chrono Cross, totally different. I, I one hundred percented it, and like the story behind it is really cool. Not only that, but we're talking about another turn-based strategy here. But um, this one I actually really liked because it had like a combo system. So you basically could choose between uh, like light, medium, and heavy attacks. And so then finding different combinations to do, you could do light, light, medium or light, large light or something. You can find all these different combos. And obviously as you went along, you would learn new ones from like different people. Um, but it was really cool as far as like, cause like each, each one was worth a certain amount of, I think like AP. And so you couldn't do just like large, 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 because that would take up larger and larger amounts of ap but still you know you we're talking like in-game kind of stuff and you're able to pull off like these really cool combos and so even though it was turn-based being able to like 
basically make this cinematic of me fighting this monster because I was able to put in this really long combo. It's like, it was really cool. So not only that, but then the story being so amazing really helped it feel like an experience rather than, you know, like I said, reason Final Fantasy VII is my runner-up to this is that Final Fantasy VII, the battles were really just there in between. They were really just there as a means to an end. A means, did I say that right? Yeah, oh, a means to an end. Yeah, I mean, they were really just there because I would have to defeat a boss, and then after defeating that boss, I'd get another story chunk. So me leveling up or me making sure I'm at the right level, have the right equipment equipped, it wasn't because I wanted to. It was because I wanted to get to the next story thing. Whereas this, the story and the combat were so interesting all the time that, you know, I liked getting into can- into encounters. And one thing I, I know some people don't like but I love is there were no random encounters mm-hmm. because you could see the monsters on the screen. So you could decide... I want to run around this monster or something, or, you know, I want to get, or I want to fight that monster. You know, you could, you could even like see a monster down somewhere. It's like, Oh, well there must be something special down there because he must be, you know, protecting it. So I'm going to go try to find my way to him. And I, I really like RPGs like that. I know it's super, super casual. It's baby's first RPG or whatever, but let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. That's one reason I'm kind of excited for. No random encounters yeah, and stuff. Too, like honestly. It that's kind of cool. I, I like the no random encounters. And so that for for that reason, Chrono Cross, you got the battle systems, feels super cinematic. The the story is super cinematic and i mean like i have like the, the cinematics you do get i feel like you get a lot of them you know like like seven i think you got one every five six hours of gameplay whereas like chrono cross i feel like it was like one every other hour or something like that so it was like it was very much a cinematic game and i just you know to this day it's like i would love to find a copy of it and just play through it again you know it's something i could you know and i couldn't say that about like any of the final fantasies you know as much as i love them i think they'll always just be a memory this one i was like i totally could see myself playing this one agreed totally agree even though you, I you, you don't this. know what the f- you're talking about <laughs> yeah exactly i'm faking it for the people okay yeah. i'm acting like i do uh, yeah okay you hater <laughs> you og japanese jrpg hater i see how it is <laughs> all right so you guys let us know what's your favorite rpg of all time and let us know what's the next subject we should talk about so let's move on to our open discussions so open discussions is something we're supposed to normally have but we've had a lot of meaty episodes in the past and this is like one of the first times we actually have some time to freaking talk so this is nice um but there's definitely a topic i've been wanting to talk about for a really long time can can you tell me what it is um does it have to do with aliens well sort of 
You literally could have just read A and then been done with it. But no, no, I'll read it. <laughs> How come no one else has tried the Left 4 Dead formula? You have a couple of them, but a lot of a lot of like co-op shooters, just because they have four, somebody will compare it to Left 4 Dead. But then you play it and it's like, this is nothing like Left 4 Dead. Just because there's four people <clears throat> shooting doesn't make it Left 4 Dead. You know, exactly. so I mean, like that was that's something I've always wondered. Like, why hasn't like why didn't that become the new standard for co-op games? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I, I, I mean, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Left 4 Dead 2 in particular is one of my all time favorites kind of in that co-op genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is especially so much fun to play on PC. You add all kinds of mods in there. It's an absolute blast. There's so much stuff you can do with it. It's kind of just like Skyrim. Um, but I will tell you, Nick, I think you have an answer now. Yeah? Yeah. There's a game called Earthfall. What? We- <laughs> yeah, I know. And I will tell you something right now, folks. So Earthfall is a new game that's coming out. I don't have the release date. Maybe you do. Um, uh, July. When I say this game or when we say this game is Left 4 Dead formula, this game is unabashedly almost to the point of Turtle Rock suing them <laughs> Left 4 Dead with aliens. Like, they just released gameplay this past what, couple weeks. What are they, PUBG? <laughs> <laughs> July, no, literally every, July 13th, by the way. Okay, cool. Everything about this game is Left 4 Dead. Yes. It's Left 4 Dead with aliens. Yeah. And I would say and it looks like so good. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, yes. I would say there's a lot of games that claim to be Left 4 Dead like. But it's like um it was it's like rogue like or rogue light. There are a bunch of out there that might be uh Left 4 Dead light, L I T E. And that basically just means there's four characters and there's an enemy, maybe that enemy has different types of enemies, and so it's kind of like it, but just very lightly. Then there are Left 4 Dead likes, and that's what we have here. This game is Left 4 Dead with aliens. Just plain and simple. It's Left 4 Dead, but now they're aliens. We get the same, like, like the HUD looks the same. The aliens, like, there's one that grabs you. There's one that explodes, you know. There's one called a sapper that's <laughs> just like a boomer. Yep. So, I mean, it, it it is funny because, especially because there's so many games that try to, like, I, I, I honestly hate when somebody uses Left 4 Dead as a descriptor, as an adjective or something, because it's like, well, is it really? You know, and I so I came up with a couple examples. If you like Left 4 Dead and you just you love the style of gameplay and you're like, well, why can't I play this? But maybe as a bank robber. So Payday, Payday and Payday 2 are great games. And it's it's, you know, first off, let's let's talk about this. What makes a game like Left 4 Dead? What would you think? Give me two like key factors, what would a game have to do to make it like Left 4 Dead? Um, non-scripted, hell yeah, NPCs mm-hmm. and simple physics. Honestly, okay, okay. Um, 
two really good ones, non-scripted, absolutely perfect. Um, the two there's a there's a there's an actual term that uh, I can't I can't think of when it when it's it's uh, like Cuphead does it procedurally generated. There you go. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Procedurally generated NPCs and and um, environments and um, just non-scripted fun. Yeah, yeah. So that those are definitely two really good ones. Um, I'd also have to say a huge, huge, huge part. If you want to be anything like Left 4 Dead, but you somehow leave this out of the equation, then it's not a Left 4 Dead game. And that would be audio cues. The audio cues you get from Left 4 Dead, like... I can, I could, I could, I could like dream up stuff and nothing would ever come close to the sound of a boomer in the background. And you're like, oh, I got to find this thing before it gets too close. (laughs) Yeah. Like the audio cues, because there's plenty of games out there that have tried, tried the Left 4 Dead um, formula, but if you don't have the audio cues and you don't have the unscriptedness of it, I don't feel like you're a Left 4 Dead game because, yeah, not only that, but then, um, so my number two would be um, co-op specific actions, and so what I mean by that is, if if you play the game single player, which you can you can you can play it single player it is not smart to but if you play it single player you can get grabbed by a hunter or you can get lassoed by a smoker um and what's the other one uh what's the one with the really big arm and it'll like grab you and like charge at you and the stuff the charger oh okay charger <laughs> Um, so there's very specific co-op instances where if you're playing it by yourself and you don't even have bots, you'll fail the entire mission, you know? And so I feel like that is what makes a Left 4 Dead game is that co-op is not optional. Co-op is a part of the game. There are so many games out like Borderlands, you know, if somebody tried to call that Left 4 Dead but with RPG elements, I'd be like, hell no. That is not Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead doesn't mean... In no way whatsoever. Yeah. Left 4 Dead doesn't mean four people. Just because four is in the freaking title doesn't mean that's what makes it a Left 4 Dead. Because in Battle... 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 I hate myself sometimes. In Borderlands, the the only thing that happens when you add more people is that they get more health points, pretty much. They don't become more smart. They don't do anything different. Whereas in this, because of the unscripted nature of them, because of the fact that there are specific zombies that you have to treat a certain way and you have to use co-op, like even down to the fact that if three of us are together and then one of us goes off to do something, that unscripted, you know, like the director or whatever that's telling all the all the zombies what to do it will tell them to swarm that one player so i mean that's what makes it a left for dead game it's procedurally generated whether it be where the you know the creatures are spawning or something it's the unscripted nature of them it's the audio cues and it's the fact that it is a co-op game first and then you can add stuff to it, whether it be shooting or, you know, swinging a sword. Those four things, which I didn't even mean to do four, I swear, 
but those four things makes a, a left for makes a difference between left for dead light and left for dead like so a couple of left for dead light games that if you like left for dead check it out you got payday that's the cops and robbers and so it fills out all the criterias because it has specific moments like tasers you can get tased and if you don't have somebody to to help you out you have uh cloakers which you know hit you with the baton so if you don't have somebody to come help you then you'll die too you know um and the unscripted nature of it is everything is very randomized you know so um then there's vermintide which is pretty much left for dead with rats instead of zombies and same thing it fits all the criteria everything is randomized um everything is unscripted it has co-op specific you know rats so it's very much and now we have earthfall you know and i think that is like when i was trying to look up other games because of course i tried to google this and it's like when i tried to what other games are like left for dead there are a lot of contenders but only these three are other games that tried out the formula and in my opinion actually did good Mm -hmm. the biggest problem i have you know in the comparison with um, payday is payday you've got a centralized goal but it's a little bit more complex than that Uh and left for dead yeah you have a goal let's get to the end of the map but that's not the reason you play the game you play the game to just really kill zombies and to hear that dialogue Yeah, yeah there is story there but the main point of the game and especially for example now because um, the the lifeblood of Left 4 Dead 2 in particular is on PC is the mods. Right. What kind of custom thing can I put in? I can make my characters be Spartans, and we're using Halo weapons. Um, I can make the zombies be Stave Puff Marshmallow. Man. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of it's letting your creativity on how you take care of the enemies and how you finish the game. That's what really shines with Left 4 Dead. Whereas you have Payday, where it's like. All right, well, we're planning this heist. We have to pull off this heist. All right, we got the objective. Let's go. You know, it's got similar elements, like you were saying, but it's one of those that that is the critical difference in between those two games. Yeah, I can I can see what you mean as far as, um, but I feel like in in the cavalcade of you know all the things, if you type in you know what games are like Left for Dead, there's a huge list, but honestly, only these three come close because right because of those things because it's not just and i mean payday uh, that's probably the least but it's still so much like it because of the random encounters because procedurally the the level itself might be the same just like in left for dead but certain elements like if you're hacking a computer it's not always going to be the same computer which means mm-hmm. that switches where you're going to be holding up which switches the ai of the cops because now instead of entering from like the front door they're going to enter in from like the skylight or something and so little things like, like that's what makes it a you know a left for dead you know but cop robbers <laughs> cops and robbers should i say so Cop robbers. Cop robbers. Dad dang cop robbers coming in. You think they're the law, but they're above the wall. But yeah, I'm excited about this. Yes. If it's cheap, I don't know how much it's going to be. If it's cheap, I'll definitely pick it up. And, and um, well, you know, actually, I don't, there is another one. I don't even care. Killing Floor. Ah, uh, no, no. No. Killing Floor is a glorified uh, zombies from Call of Duty. That's all it is. Okay. 
Okay, that's fair. Yep. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, and that, see, that's that another thing is that a lot of games that claim to be Left 4 Dead-esque is really just a horde mode and that's it. Like, even Killing Floor is slightly more Left 4 Dead than, like, you know, Black Ops Zombies. But that's just because they have classes. And so the classes kind of make them seem... But it's still, it's just a glorified horde mode. Whereas, you know, I mean, even if you look at another game I want to call... I want to say it was like Syndicate. It's like a lot of people tried to say this is like Left 4 Dead. And it's like, no, because really it's just... You go from point A to point B, there's there's enemies coming and that was it like that nothing made it like left for dead other than it's like oh yeah let's have four people come on the screen i will say the the strings going back to audio cues the strings that play anytime you're near a witch still haunt me yeah to this day yeah that's slight <laughs> that 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 it's so funny when you start it's it's so funny when you start playing left 4 dead and you're like oh what is that and then you play left 4 dead years later and you're like that bitch run (laughs) it's like just leave her leave her (laughs) but no yeah earthfall looks really cool um like i said if it's if it's a good price like if it's like 20 bucks if i have the money i may pick it up but on the other end i still have left 4 dead 2 on pc so it's kind of one of those that Honestly, uh, since I am a lowly PS4 player, um, we had a 360 back in the day, so we played a lot of Left 4 Dead, me and my wife. But this is a game I am, I do, like, they could charge me whatever and I would pay it because it's like I, I have been itching for something like this, something to get in with my wife. And it's like this, and it does seem like they've added enough to it to really make it unique. Like, you know, like now you can put up barricades or whatever, but you can still shoot through the barricades to the aliens and uh-huh. like little like they they have certain things where like you can go to a 3D printer and print up a, a really strong gun, but it's going to make a lot of noise and make all the hordes come towards you. So I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. That, I, I saw that in the trailer. That was really cool. Yeah. So things like that, like it seems like they're trying to make it interesting. Um, One thing I hope that they try to do is something that Vermintide did. Vermintide, oh my god. So Vermintide is Left 4 Dead, but with rats in the Warhammer universe. And the one thing that Vermintide does that's different than Left 4 Dead, and I feel like, you know, is kind of one of the cream sauces, is um, it makes it a little bit more like an RPG, because now instead of just having a gun... And you bring that into battle with you and, you know, you you go through the hordes of rats and stuff like that and then that's it. Um, it makes it a little bit more like an RPG because now you can get like a white sword or a green sword or a purple sword, orange sword. And obviously each one has different buffs and debuffs and stuff like that. Then you can break down a couple of whites so that maybe you can have a chance for a a better green or blue break down all your blues to get a, so, you know, you're forging or you're merging them. Should I say to make a better one? Um, you could break them down to make crafting materials so that you can craft your own. And like, like adding that little bit of layer means that going through that same mission over and over again, isn't just for the hell of it. It's, 
to like get materials and to grind you know whereas left for dead as much as i love it and it's like playing through those levels over and over again are fun having that little carrot on the stick where it's like okay i need to play through the these couple of matches because maybe there's like a daily challenge or something Uh, i need to play Mm -hmm. through these specific maps and then that'll get me some materials so i can make myself a badass sword like if they could add something like that to earthfall like you know and that's maybe what you're doing at the 3d printer you're printing up like one of your badass weapons or whatever yes please yes please (laughs) well we'll see come july 13th hell yeah we're gonna celebrate but for july late with guns (laughs) ha All right, so that is pretty much the show for the day. If you guys have any suggestions for open discussions, kind of like this one where it's like, why hasn't anybody tried out the Left 4 Dead formula? If you have something like that, it could be movie-related, game-related, comic-related, whatever. If you just have an open discussion thing you'd like us to talk about, let us know in the comments below, or you can go to Twitter at TX3Productions or ThreatX3Productions.com. Let us know there. <coughs> Sorry, I had like a burp coming up. Let us know there. <coughs> Let us know down there, Jesus. over there, in here. That's what she here, said. Far, and there you are. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. This was Nick and Nate and the ever-rotating third chair. That's not rotating today. Hey, it's still rotating. There's just not a hamster. <laughs> I think we need to go check out why it's rotating by itself. <laughs> Jimmy? Jimmy, is that you? Jimmy! Who got you out of the well? 